Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. We are at episode number 70. I'm one of your hosts, Tom, and somewhere out there is Neil. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing fine. Hope everybody recovered from the uh, from episode 69, as vile as it I was. was. Say, I hope everybody caught episode 69, but actually I'm not sure if I hope everybody caught that or not. <laughs> Yeah, if we've still got any really, listeners left. I was really feeling bad about that mentor song I played. I just felt dirty. <laughs> Until I listened to that feeder song you played, Neil. Holy cow. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I, just, it, it I, I, don't, I, I don't use the term most blasphemous song I've ever heard very very lightly, but holy cow. But anyway, it, and I, it, it's definitely got us thinking about more dirty songs. So there will inevitably be uh, episode 69, part two, yes. because it was so much fun. So anyway, complain at Punk Till I Die podcast on Facebook or Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail, and we will promptly ignore your complaints. Yep. So anyway, exactly. enough screwing around this, this this evening. We have a guest with us tonight, a true renaissance man, Neil. A wow. musician. Is that an, is that uh, an insult or is that a, is that a compliment? A musician. Uh, uh, he, he runs a little record label. He owns a little slice of a bar and music venue. He is a podcaster, and most importantly, he is the Eradicator. We have with us Andy. Andy Slaney is with us today. How you doing, Andy? Hey, good. How's it going? And it's good to catch up. You know, we're used to running into each other a few times a year, but you know, I know that's and whatnot, right? <laughs> I know, I know. Feels like forever ago. So you're you're a Chicagoite, also. Neil is actually a little bit outside the the city. Are you have you were you born or raised in Chicago? I don't know if yeah. I ever asked you this. Okay. Yeah, in the suburbs, um, in Rolling Meadows, which is, um, it's like 30, 45 minutes outside of Chicago. Yeah, but hmm. pretty much just, just west of me, pretty. Okay. A couple yeah. of suburbs further west, yeah. Yep. One, you know, you, you're always, you have a connection with the guys from Direct Hit, the Woods Brothers, and, and they played in early versions of the Eradicator band, and, and you did a band with them before that. How did you end up hooking up with those, with those guys? Did you guys go to college together or something? Because they're Milwaukee guys, right? Always. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my f- this band that I was in called Tension Generation, um, it was a hardcore band that was around what, like, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, something around that time. Actually, and um, actually, a white copy of that on vinyl, Andy, that you gave oh, me. Oh yeah, time. yes, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So um, when so Tension Generations, I think second or third show ever was in Milwaukee and it was also direct hits like second or third show. And it was a two band show on a Friday night. That was just, I think if I remember correctly, it was snowing like crazy. So obviously no one was going to come to the show. And I remember getting there and um, seeing, I think it was Nick and Danny but um, obviously I didn't know them and just went up to them. I'm like, Hey, like instead of figuring out if we play first or you play first, let's just set up at the same time and do a battle set. Ah, (laughs) What do you mean a battle set? And like, we'll play one song and you play another song. And they're like, what? (laughs) And that was kind of our introduction to each other. So (laughs) that's how I, uh, how I met Nick. And then, um, I think in 2012, I actually had the idea for Eradicator back in like 2012 as Tension Generation is breaking up just because I wanted to do something a little more lighthearted. And I reached out to Nick and said, hey, like I'm starting this band. If you're interested, um, it'd be great to have you. And he's like, I'm 
you know, too busy. I can't do that um, for, you know, for a band that's based in Chicago. But I'm starting a band with my brother. And if you're interested in joining that, you know, it's a Milwaukee band, but we'd love to have you. So um, that's what Galactic Cannibal was. Well, that's that's interesting because, you know, it's I, I obviously hear like Galactic Cannibal is kind of a cult band. I hope a lot of you got a chance to hear them. They made one record um, 22 minutes long or something, 10 tracks. But you guys are kind of a cult band. But I always thought the Eradicator has obviously a little bit of that kind of same bombastic bombastic sound as as um, Galactic Cannibal. And so does Direct Hit. So I actually thought those were both bands that kind of spun, spun off of Galactic Cannibal. I guess I didn't realize that that was like a kind of all, they're all kind of intertwined timeline-wise. Uh, yeah, I mean, Direct Hit's been around, you know, a lot longer. Or like they were around for, I think, a couple of years before uh, Galactic Cannibal started. Um, we, we started right before Direct Hit got signed to Red Scare. So, um, you know, it was just like a, a fun thing Nick wanted to do with his brother. And I think he, the way he phrased it when he wanted to start the band was, um, like a pop punk band fronted by a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and that's you, that you as brother. the gorilla. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> he, he, he's a big looking guy, but he's a great were, guy too. Were you, were you the, what did you do in tension generation? Did you play guitar? Did you sing or did yeah. you play bass or what did you do? All uh, the above? I played guitar. Yeah, I played okay. guitar. Okay. So it was, and then like Tension Generation was, so even before Tension Gen- Generation, um, I did a label called Hugh Krupps Inc., um, yep. where there's a band called Hugh Krupps. They're like a grindcore band from Chicago. And we put out, uh, what, like 18 releases or something like that. Really? Wow. Yeah. So like one of our, well, one of our biggest releases, which, wasn't really ours was the first Russian circles LP, which actually weird, you know, location kind of thing is that we did that with friction records, which is a grand rapids label. Oh yeah. 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 Now defunct. I think. Yeah. Now defunct, which Hugh Krupp sync is also kind of defunct, but, um, but yeah, anyways, so like I, I never did bands. I always did the label and then tension generation started. We played like 30 ish shows, put out the full length. Um, and we just parted ways, you know, people move bands, break up, you know, sure. it happens. We all kind of like left on our own, uh, on good terms. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how tension generation stopped. And then galactic cannibal started. So galactic cannibal is a one-off you guys, you know, it's kind of a one-off, but I, I I don't think I've ever told this story before on this this podcast, so I'm actually going to tell it really quick. But so a couple of years ago, Neil, I, I've been touting that Dummerfest in Milwaukee, yeah, one yeah. of my favorite things. I didn't go to the very first one, but I went to the last two, and it, it literally is one of my favorite things. So much fun. And I ran into Andy at both. He played at one, and he was hanging out at the last one because uh, he was, I don't know, just drinking beer like the rest of us, but um, maybe helping out. But um, they the one night they did a pre like galactic cannibal reunion the night before and it was at like this rundown art space warehouse kind of a thing and there was maybe how many of us there you think maybe maybe 50 people andy it was pretty, yeah something like that it was cool enough you couldn't drink in there which is kind of a bummer so scott and i kept walking up and down the hill you know in this like <laughs> horrible neighborhood in milwaukee drinking at these bars that you know you'd run from if they were in your hometown <laughs> But but it, but it was very small. It was very fun. The and Pears actually headlined. 
But Galactic Cannibal played, and the singer for Galactic Cannibal was like wrapping himself up in his mic cord. I thought he was going to suffocate himself. He's an interesting guy, but it was it was funny because, like I said, there was like fifty people there, but so many people I ran into were so jealous I was at the show. That's <laughs> that's Galactic Cannibal. They're like a cult band that you know, like everybody wishes was super jealous of me being at the show. I'm like, well, where was everybody at the at the show? You know, it's like how every, it's like how everybody worshipped Lemmy after he died, but. You know, when they headlined, they never played places that held more than two thousand people. Yeah, it's almost yeah, like well, it's like, that was... that's like the Ramones, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Galactic Cannibal Ramones, you know, essentially the same, same type of level. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think we only played something like thirteen or fifteen shows. Huh. Well, yeah, but, we didn't play that much. But, I, but if you played at a place like the X-Ray, once things re- open up, I bet you could draw a, a pretty decent crowd under the right circumstances. Really, bill it as a reunion show, or anyway, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we well we actually so we did a a, a three song reunion because um, our drummer Ryan, who plays bass in the Eradicator, or you know played on the yeah I know Ryan records, a bit, yeah yeah he moved to Melbourne Australia yep. so yep. like that was kind of like a his going away party we did three songs that was like 2018 I think so so you know where I met Ryan you guys. It was the Eradicator Bad Mechanics double bill at this little bar in Grand Rapids, a tip-top deluxe bar and grill. Yeah. And they played, you guys played a matinee show. And once again, there wasn't a ton of people there, but there was a nice crowd and everybody was having fun. And we all sat there around this big giant table and kind of drank. So yeah, it was, it was, a, was good day of, a good day of bonding and hanging out. I'm actually wearing my tip-top deluxe t-shirt right now that I bought in the, oh, hope, crazy. In the hopes that the place survives the... Yeah. I was about to. I, I was. I was about to ask that, Tom. Is that place still going, or is it? They are not open at the moment. They did try to reopen for a little bit, but mm-hmm. anyway. That, well, you know what? We're actually going to get into that a little bit with Andy because he might have more insight. Well, I hope he has more insight into it than you and I do, Neil. So, but let's play. All that was leading up to playing a Galactic Cannibal song. Okay. And he picked uh, "Invisible." So, tell me what your thought process is picking this song, Andy. Um. Yeah. That was so. The way Galactic Cannibal worked was like myself nick and peter wrote like basically laid the foundation down for all the songs on that record um and this is a song that i think like this is kind of like there's foundational elements of this that you'll probably hear in like eradicator songs just because i write in a very similar chord structure and so yeah that's why i picked this this one it's not the obvious choice. The obvious choice would be obviously hate everything more. You know, yeah. the, the hit. You should check that out, Neil. I think I know you. You know, you struggle with some of the newer stuff. I do too. But I think that 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 album is a real. Uh, it's like a twenty-two minute kick in the nuts. It's a good. I, I mean that the best possible way. Okay. Yeah. When I was well, let's, when I was listening to it on YouTube, I actually thought it was. I thought it was pretty damn decent. So that's good. It's very awesome. aggressive. Very aggressive. That's you know, and from Neil, that's that's super good compliment. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I sent Indeed. somebody a text the other day and said, "Hey, Neil, listen to your album." He said it didn't suck. He's like, "That's <laughs> awesome. That's like the greatest comedy." <laughs> anyway, so yeah, let's let's play. This is uh, Galactic Cowboy. Galactic. Who is it? <laughs> How many times am I going to say? That? I don't know, man. What you got, cowboys on your brain? What the hell put is going on? on drink, put a pin on drinking, and we'll come back to that. So this is Galactic Cannibal Invisible. Oh, <laughs> 
right. Galactic Cannibal, not Galactic Cowboy. That's that Tom's other band. I think um, that was like a hair metal band or something. I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Yeah, sure. So, Andy, I know when you get into character to do the Eradicator, you're always drinking beer. Well, hold Cheap on. Do you, want, do, you, do, you want, do you want to explain it a little bit to people who don't know who the Eradicator is? Yeah. Um... That's, that's a good, yeah, that is a good question. But I, my point was going to be that, do you have, so I don't think you're doing that to talk to us tonight. You don't feel like you need to, like, no, I'm, I'm actually in... like, I, so I'm, I'm trying to challenge myself and not drink. So it's been like three weeks since I've had anything. Oh, congratulations. So I'm drinking sparkling water right now. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. Well, not me, that, not me or Tom, but sure. It, I'm on my second, I'm on my second pint of gin and tonic. But hey, man, <laughs> more power to you. Don't yeah. need to drink. You don't need to drink to talk to us, but maybe we need to drink to talk to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, tell, yeah. So people are probably going the Eradicator. What's the Eradicator? And I, I, I love this story. So, so tell us, tell us the inspiration for the Eradicator. Um, and what? Yeah. The it it kind of is a weird um, way to go about it, and yeah, I think it. one of the one of the songs that I sent you that um, the reason why I sent it is because the song Eradicator was kind of the foundation of the band The Eradicator. So, for anyone that doesn't know, The Eradicator is a sketch that was created by the Kids in the Hall, which is a sketch comedy troupe from. Uh, from Canada that was around in the 80s and 90s. And this is one of, you know, they're on like on CBC. They're on, I when I was growing up, they're on Comedy Central. Um, so I was, you know, pretty young when, when I got into Kids in the Hall. But one of their first sketches was um, called The Eradicator. And it's about this guy who wears a ski mask that um, kind of taunts his opponents on his local squash court or his squash club. <laughs> Um, so, and at the end of the sketch, uh, the eradicator announces, or near the end of the sketch, the eradicator says, you know, don't try to follow me. I, I'm, I have, I have a cab waiting. Um, but like, anyways, the eradicator has a certain scream in that sketch, in that skit. And for whatever reason, I felt like it would make a good chorus for this one song I was writing when I was first thinking through like, all right, what am I going to do for a band after tension generation is breaking up? So, and I've never, I never sang in a band before. So for some reason, the scream from that sketch, I thought would be a good chorus. And then since I wanted to do something lighthearted, I thought, well, what happens if I just form a band around that character where it's just like, that character come to life fronting a punk band. So that's the whole reason why I'm talking tonight. <laughs> and and he and just so everyone knows, he does the whole thing in in character when he's when he's with the band. He has the squash outfit on, carrying the squash racket with the uh, ski mask and stuff like that. It's uh, pretty yeah. it's pretty awesome to see, really. It's uh, pink pink polo, pink white polo. shorts, yep. tall socks, yep, and the yeah. black ski mask. Yep. Yeah, and waving that squash racket around. Well, it's it's funny because you know, and I've I've and I've known Andy for quite a while now, and and uh, we have it, it, Grand Rapids is like I don't know, I don't know if it's a second home, but it's like his third home. But yeah. um, but we but but I I always thought this is great, but how long can you make this last? And so the original skit I think is, and, and you can watch it, look it up on YouTube. It's only one skit, right? That Eradicator skit was a one time deal. Uh, yeah, it, there, there was they no, only they only did was, one skit. That's it. 
And and now, how many songs are we at that essentially <laughs> have been inspired by this mythological <laughs> creation? Now, how many how many songs have you written about, or through the eyes of this character? Now, um, well, it's not public knowledge yet. I guess I'll say it here, but I just <laughs> I just wrote the third LP. <laughs> Bam. So, <laughs> so but and, now uh, you haven't recorded it, but you've written it. Yeah, so I haven't recorded it. There's um, hopefully in like the next month or so. Um, we actually just did um, three songs. We recorded three songs, and one of those three songs is going to be on the next LP. Um, so, but yeah, so you you did an EP, a ten inch, mm-hmm. which was like five songs on the A side, and the B side was like ten minutes of a squash ball bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> So the if you're uh, going to write so many songs, you probably would you curse like leaving all that empty space now, right? Well, I think uh, I think Tom went like I ran into you once, and you're like, "Oh, when's the greatest hits album from the Erratic Year coming out?" And at that point, <laughs> I think I was just like, oh, "I should do this band long enough to have a greatest hits album. That would be funny." So, like, <laughs> well, I I, I, kind of, I kind of equate it to like a Saturday Night Live skit where you're like, "Oh, that's funny." But then it goes on too long, and you stop laughing. But then it goes on longer, and you start laughing again. Wow, Tom, that's a, that's pretty low, actually. No, <laughs> well, no, I, I don't. I don't you, mean it's telling him he's beating a dead horse right there. <laughs> no, not at all. Because the fact of the matter is, the songs the songs are good on their own. You know, I mean, the songs work. That's yeah. ultimately. Yeah. There's a comedy element to it, and you know, having seen him play live probably uh, ten times or eight times or something. It is funny watching the crowd reaction because it's changed. Because like now, ninety percent of the people kind of are in on the joke. But I remember watching him play early on and thinking, "I think that guy in the corner wants to punch him." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which which guy in the corner? I remember I remember seeing you like early on at Mulligans or something. I'm like, man, I think some of these people are kind of pissed at him. <laughs> Mulligans is a, a, a dive bar in Grand Rapids that has sometimes has some real cool punk shows. Oh, that I remember that show. Is that it's on like the way in the back, way in the back room, like a tiny stinky little room in the back of the bar. It's in East Town. It's on the like a old brick streets, and it's a cool. It's a cool neighborhood. It was it was, cool. it was that gig where that guy punched you. Remember? <laughs> no, no, just, no, no. I, I have I a think... funny story about that show. So that show, I, I think Tom, it was the same show. Um, there was a tornado in Grand Rapids earlier that day. So uh, it was. The Eradicator, Bong Mountain. Coincidence? The Eradicator shows up the day there's a tornado? Coincidence? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, so at Mulligan's, um, something weird happened where, like, there was power in the back of the venue, but not the front of the venue. Yes, I vaguely remember something like that. Yeah. So, like, when I finished, I, you know, I took my bag and I ran off stage and I'm running through Mulligan's with a ski mask. And... I was coming from an area that was completely lit into an area that was complete, like more dark. And I <laughs> In a ran out the front door. Dressed like a preppy. <laughs> yeah. I ran out the front door and there was no lights in the entrance of the venue. And when I ran out the front door, there was this bus full of these drunk frat guys. <laughs> and I ran past them. And in their drunken stupor, the frat, the frat guys saw me in a ski mask with a bag, and they said, go get that guy. He just robbed this place. Oh, <laughs> and Greg from the band Bike Tough saw this, was outside like smoking or just hanging out with friends. He saw this, and he saw what was going on, and he started running after the guys like, no, 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 no don't catch him. He's, it's an art thing. Don't, don't, don't hurt him. <laughs> 
we don't like our around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, so he, he basically prevented me from getting my ass kicked that night. So like, ironically, you said that there was a guy that looked like he was going to beat me up in the corner. Well, like he might've been in that troop. <laughs> well, I, I remember seeing you at, at Reggie's with uh, sloppy seconds a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like the crowd was kind of, you were kind of winning him over towards the end, but there was definitely a high contingent of the crowd that was going, what in the hell is going on here? Is, and is it's in... funny because, because I remember I interviewed you before real briefly and you said you figured everybody knew that skit. You thought this was so universally, oh, yeah. you, you thought this was going to be like shooting fish in a barrel essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. For whatever reason at the time, I thought like, like you said, um, like, oh, everyone knows that sketch. Everyone knows the kids in the hall. Like, you know, they're just as popular as Saturday Night Live. That is not the case at all. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe now. Oh, maybe you know? now Saturday Night Live is kind of a dumpster fire, but yeah. And and one of the members did make it onto Saturday Night Live at one point, but I mean, they were never as, you know, for me, they were like, they were, you know, like they had a cult following and, you know, I loved everything the kids in the hall did, but. You know, they didn't have the wide reach of yeah. like. Well, they, the I think it was. I something. think the kids liked them, but I don't think they got our parents' generation. Yeah, yeah. Like but I mean, they did the thing they introduced the lexicon. They were the I'm squishing your head people, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, that kind of. I still do that once in a while. <laughs> I'll still squish somebody's head. You know that thing, Neil, where you like hold your fingers up in front of your eyes and you like I'm squishing your head. You know that? Uh, yeah, vaguely, sure. <laughs> Canadians not known for their sense of humor. Sorry, I have to say that. They're almost as dry as Englishmen. Oh, please. We got Monty Python. We got, the, we got everybody, man. We Dude, invented comedy. You got, you got Benny Hill. Exactly. We invented comedy right there. <laughs> should, Benny we, Hill. should we, uh, let's play that, uh, let's play the, let's play the song Eradicator. It's the first song on the first EP, right? Yeah. yeah. First song on the first EP. Okay. And then at good. the end, we'll play the song of the ball bouncing around for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this, so this was the first song you wrote. This, this song was in fact, the impetus for the eradicator. Yep. All right. This is eradicator from the first 10 inch EP.
There, the Eradicator by the Eradicator. So did the kids in the hall ever find out about this whole thing? Did you ever get any feedback from them? Yeah, funny story about that. Um, so I, I was like, Kevin McDonald did a comedy, um, like a comedy show where he like taught some students and then he came out with the students and did some sketches with them. And that was in Chicago in like 2016, 2017, uh, right after the 10 inch came out. So I remember going to that show and with the intent, like I'm going to find Kevin and I'm, I'm going to go the stage in my man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was in that sketch. He was in the, the eradicator. Sketch. Was he the eradicator? No, no, that was Bruce McCullough, uh, okay. which I'll get to in a second. But uh, so Kevin McDonald <laughs> was uh, was the character who the Eradicator lost to in the sketch. Ah, yeah. So um, I was <laughs> I had my heart set on like going, seeing Kevin McDonald and giving him a copy of of my record. And after the show, I like drank a couple of beers just to like, you know, get the edge off and uh, to go up to him. Famous and last I, words. Yeah. And I didn't see him at all. And I asked one of the uh, bartenders, I'm like, is Kevin coming like to see people after this, like after the set? And he's like, well, let me talk to the guy who set this up. And I talked to the guy who set this up. And he's like, yeah, he uh, he was not feeling well, so he went home. I'm like, oh, well, I got this record, and he saw the the Eradicator record. He's like, oh, he'll like this. Um, you know, I'll make sure to get it to him. I'm like, well, I could mail it to him. And the guy basically was like, I'm not giving you his address. You need this. <laughs> it's psycho. You're insane. <laughs> um, so he told me that he would ship it to him. Fast forward to January of this year, and Bruce McCullough – did a comedy show at Lincoln Hall in Chicago. And um, uh, one of my friends, David Holtz, he um, he reached out to me when he found out. He's like, dude, I'm getting tickets for us for this show. And I know the opener and I'm going to do my best to make sure that Bruce McCullough knows about the Eradicator by the end of this, by the end of that show. And sure enough, like, showed up early i had all the copies because at this point i had the two full links and two eps so i got like a copy of every everything put it in a box and like he's like okay i'm gonna give this to the opening act and the opening act's gonna give it to bruce and um he'll know and then at the end of the show you know show's great after the show hanging out bruce comes by with the box in his hand and <laughs> throws in the trash in front of you. <laughs> no, no. I'm suing but, uh, you. Yeah, yeah, but like, um, so I, I tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, Bruce, uh, my name's Andy. I, I wrote the music of the thing that's in, in your hand. He's like, oh, you're the Eradicator, which <laughs> to have Bruce McCullough say you're the Eradicator, I think that's the first time he's ever said that to anyone. <laughs> so that was great. And then uh, he said a line. He's like, oh, what do you do in the band? I'm like, I, I, I do everything in the band. And he said the line, ah, can't play well with others, can you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, quick on his feet, huh? That's yeah. Fun. So, like, he was super nice. Uh, you know, I only talked to him for, like, a minute. And, uh, Probably for the best, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, he's super nice. Um, 
Hopefully I meet him again, but who knows? Uh, but uh, that was kind of the goal. Hopefully, hopefully, the hopefully it's not in court. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the goal of the band to like make sure that they know that I did this, which is a very strange goal to have in mind. But um, <laughs> really it's, my goal it's a strange and, measure of success for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's my goal, though. <laughs> you know, I, achieved, though. I mean, it's probably more realistic than, you know, platinum sales or something, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so let me do the accounting in my head here. So you did the first EP, which was like five songs. And then you did a full length, which was like a dozen songs. And you've actually done another full length. So you've done two full lengths. And then you did like a double live radio play album. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you uh-huh. did a Christmas EP. Yeah. I and then, did, uh, and now you have a, this new offshoot project, which we'll talk to. I mean, I'm just trying to like do the math in my head. I mean, it's it's, it's insane because this four and, four and a half minute sketch has led to hours worth of music at this point. Yeah. Hmm. Who knew, the, right? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the live album also has Grand Rapids ties. Yep. So, um, <laughs> I mean, this, this eradicator is taking you all over the world. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm sure you're going to get to this right now, but I mean, it's astounding, right? Yeah. Just, go ahead. Tell the story. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I toured in Australia, uh, with Bong Mountain for about a week, week, week and a half. And, um, Ryan connection was he not there yet. Ryan, Ryan Bolas. Yeah. He was, he was on the trip too. But was he? He wasn't living there yet. No, no. Um, oh. That that the that trip is where he met his now wife. Oh, uh, his wife. Okay, okay. Yeah, but he he actually met her in uh, Gainesville during Fest, and well, she was touring. Fast. Yeah, she was touring the U.S. Um, she was you know doing a vacation in the U.S. while we were in Australia. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, timing was weird, but anyways, we. Um, we did the Australia tour right after we played Fest, and um, and Hawaii, right? Yeah, and Hawaii. So Dallas, who is also from Grand Rapids, yep, yep. Uh, I met him once or twice. That one, yeah. yeah. So he moved to Australia for six months, made some friends there. One of one of whom is a uh, like book shows in Melbourne and does a record label called whisk and key and he does a fest every single year. So he made friends with this guy and you know, he's loyal, super loyal to uh, all the bong mountain guys and basically like convinced James from Melbourne to help bong mountain set up a tour in Australia. And when I found this out, I'm like, all right, I want to go on that tour. (laughs) I'm like, since I'm playing fest, like, can I join this tour and I'll just figure out band members along the way? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. But like, no one really plays squash here in Australia and no one knows what the kids in the hall is. So, you're, you have an <laughs> so, so it's going to go well. Yeah. yeah. So like, but so Dallas helped us get that tour in Australia and then Dallas moved to Honolulu and was trying to start shows in Honolulu. So he was able to, on the way to Australia, we had a layover in Honolulu for a day, and he set up a show for us. We did the tour in Australia, and then on the way back, since we had a connection in Honolulu, he set up a radio sh- show appearance for us. So, um, you know, coming back from Australia, the day before we were supposed to leave, we were driving back, 
from uh, Adelaide to Melbourne, which is like a nine hour drive. And we get to Melbourne and then one of the, I'm not going to name names, but one of the <laughs> members of Bong Mountain <laughs> says, Hey guys, have you seen my bag? And they're like, no, we haven't seen this bag. He's like, well, my passport's in that bag. Oh, so, um, that member was not able to go on. We had two days, fortunately, two was, days was, in Honolulu. Was Bong, Mountain, was Bong Mountain the whole tour being your backup band? Because I know those guys have essentially been the Eradicator before, right? Yeah, it's uh, Chris and Adam were filled in, and then Ryan Bolas played drums on that tour. Oh, Ryan played drums. Okay, I got you. Adam yeah. played bass, and Chris played second guitar. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what, yes. did the other, what, did, what did the other lead guitar player who was really a great shredder? So he just threw on a watch or what? Uh, Alex. Yeah. yeah Alex, Alex, um, Alex and Matt just were your cheering section or what? Yeah. I think I can't remember what happened. I think it was just, you know, I play guitar anyways. So I'm sure. just like, yeah, I'll just play guitar and sing. Gotcha. Um, but like, so, you know, one of the members of Bong Mountain had their passport stuck in Adelaide for an entire day. And we were supposed to do a radio show, both Bong Mountain and The Eradicator. And it was on, like, the NPR affiliate of Honolulu. And it was an hour-long segment. And um, when this, when we found this out, and, you know, Chris, or the uh, member, I just gave his name as Chris, but anyways. <laughs> when he figured out, like, the, he, he, he was going to arrive in, um, in Honolulu a day later. But he was going to miss the um the radio show and he's the singer of vong mountain and also played guitar in the eradicator so like both of the bands technically weren't able to play that radio show so um like we told dallas this and dallas is like no i i like jumped through a lot of hoops to get this radio show you know like you guys got to do something (laughs) and then for whatever reason Maybe it was just I was super tired, but like I thought, oh, we're going on a radio show. I gotta, we gotta fill an hour. There's a famous, you know, uh, radio segment for War of the Worlds. What if I did an Eradicator themed War of the Worlds episode that would be an hour long on public radio in Honolulu and called it War on the Courts? (laughs) And it was, I would just basically download the War of the Worlds uh, transcript and on this 15-hour flight or however long it was from uh, Melbourne to Honolulu, I would just rewrite the entire script and make wow. it eradicate it. Good God, man. And then we would, we would read it <laughs> on the air in public <laughs> on NPR and we told Dallas, this, he's like, whatever. 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 Just don't make me look like a jerk. Whatever. (laughs) Because I'm never booking uh, another show for you in my life. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the people at at the NPR affiliate were like, uh, well, I mean, it's either this or an hour of dead air. So it's either this or an hour of that horrible jazz (laughs) that no one wants to listen to. Yeah. So we 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 did it, and it was one of the weird weirder things that we've ever done. Um, And unfortunately. They lost the tapes, or they yeah, lost sure they the, did. Like a, <laughs> sure, the, they lost them. <laughs> the, the recording was compromised of that radio appearance, uh, of that radio appearance, and for whatever reason, um, about six months later, 
I'm like, you know what? That'd be fun to recreate that on a stage. So let's set up a show in Grand Rapids, which was at the tick uh, at the tip top. And I had the members oh, of Vaughn Mountain show okay, up I, on stage. I missed, and re- I missed that. I didn't realize that. I thought like because I know you made like a double album essentially. I didn't realize that was recorded in GR. I thought that was like the original Australian thing. No, it was record. We redid it in Grand Rapids, and it was How like I that. Yeah, it was a ninety-minute show, and um, I think there were like fifty people at the start, and by the end, um, like I think there were like five. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Because no one wants to read, you know, four people. No Wait, one wants to the... see four people just reading off a script for. But there's songs, minutes. right? There's songs injected in the middle. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like little musical interludes interjected. But is there which... not like there's not like full Eradicator songs in there? Yeah, there are. Where I just do solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's but... but that's I mean you know if you're you know Andy I you know I, I nobody knows you know, you're like a regular sort of guy working guy you got a nice <laughs> job you got a nice wife you got a nice life. Yeah. But these, but these Bong Mountain guys, and I love these guys. They're all local guys. They are a ramshackle bunch. <laughs> I mean, ramshackle for them, to be, for them to be able to tour Australia, I mean, I think that's kind of a cool, a real cool thing. Yeah, you know, you know, well, you know what? Went... Tell us a bit about that. How on earth does a small? I mean, you know, no disrespect to them, but a small band. How do they get the funding to tour Australia? For God's sakes. Um, well, I helped out with the funding, which is. Part of the reason why I went on that tour too, because <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you could open for us. You just have to pay for us to fly over. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they they're, they paid me back over time, but like, it was one of those things. Like, all right, this is never gonna happen again. I gotta, I gotta do this. You know, so I gotta like take a couple weeks off from work, and I gotta go on this thing because I've go doing a tour in Australia is just one of those things that you never think actually would ever happen to you no for sure well i assume did the crowds the crowds know the music i assume not or 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 you know on the day of spotify and the day of youtube were i mean we do you have people singing along in australia yeah so where we played in um the one of the first shows on that australian tour was a um was a fest or a two-day event called not fest so james in melbourne basically tries to he was doing a um a weekend of shows every year where he would try to get one band who is playing fest to come over to australia and then he'd book a tour for them in australia hmm. so hmm. like bong mountain was so he sells it he sells it as a band that played fest that's kind of a draw yeah hmm. yeah i mean there's a lot of like there's a lot of people that go to fest you know from oh yeah yeah no no i'm not Oh, from Australia. Australia. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I know a guy from Skogie that went and complained the whole time. I did. I went last year. <laughs> but, you know, old Didn't people, like it. what oh, are you cool. going to do? Um, <laughs> so, Neil, to tie this in a bow a little bit, yes, because I'm, I'm a pretty big Bong Mountain fan, but I think there's definitely a little bit of, like, homerism. Like, I know the guys, you know, they're yes, from sir. GR, and they're good dudes, and uh, I don't know that I would like them if they're from Cleveland. Yes, but I but Andy put out their record, okay, on his little label. So that's why there are, there's all this connection. I don't know if you. I just I'm connecting it for you, Neil. I'm connecting it for the listeners. No. So. And, and, well, I, and um, one other connection point to the whole reason why I got hooked up with Bong Mountain in the first place. Um, Matt Stacks. Yep, the drummer has has a Galactic Cannibal tattoo. Does he really? 
Yeah, and it was it was kind of like this joke that Peter posted on Facebook. Uh, Peter, the singer of Galactic Cannibal, saying, yep. "Hey, anyone who gets a Galactic Cannibal tattoo will get Ryan's snare drum," without <laughs> Ryan Bolas agreeing to this whatsoever. <laughs> and then Matt Stacks got a Galactic Cannibal tattoo, and basically said, "All right, where's my snare drum?" Did Ryan give up the snare? No, of course not. <laughs> no, damn. So, so, well, because I was wondering once you said that Friction Records, because Friction Records was a pretty cool little label, but they were talking yeah. 15, 20 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering if one of the guys played on Friction or something, if there was a nope. connection, because I know one of the guys from Bong Mountain played at least one of the guys from Bong Mountain played in a band called North Lincoln that that made a couple of records for No Idea Records back in the day. Uh. I think, I think it might have been Alex. Played, well, cl- possibly. Chris played. So Chris played in Low Cloud, and Low Cloud played with Galactic Cannibal at a fest called Ian's Party in Chicago. Oh, and that's that how. how those guys? Okay. Yeah, so that's how like that that kind of crew found out about Galactic Cannibal, and you know when we announced our last show, which was in 2013, I believe. That's when like Matt. <laughs> you know, came him and I think Chris drove from Grand Rapids to Milwaukee to see that show. And mm. Matt stayed with Ryan that night. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like how the foundation came about. And I found out about Bong Mountain because I was friends with Matt on Facebook and I saw he posted about his new band, Bong Mountain. And I'm like, oh, that's a terrible name. <laughs> and it's so uh, funny. It truly is. You read my review of their original like five song demo, <laughs> and it's definitely like they're like, I thought this was like a, some stoner metal band. I avoided them for months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, they, one of the things that like even got me into like thinking like, oh well, I wonder if I like they're not working with a label at all. And I just put out the first Eradicator EP. And I saw something that they posted on Facebook where it was like, hey, have you seen this cat? Yeah, it's pretty cute, right? Listen to Bong Mountain. And I thought that was kind of a genius marketing thing. Like, they just posted these things all around Grand Rapids. Like, you know. Yeah, they, they did a good job of definitely kind of, you know, like the first, like, EP they put out themselves, like, had like a coloring. The front was like a coloring book or something. Yeah, was, yeah they, they did a good job promoting themselves. Yeah, and when I saw they didn't have a label, I just talked to Matt. I'm like... Said, hey, I like to lose money. I'm, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm like, I would be down to put this out if you guys wanted to do this. And they're all super skeptical because um, I didn't do a label. I, I had one release at that point. Um, and then I just, I don't talk to them. And I'm like, hey, like, we'll just do this, like, straightforward, 50-50 down the middle, like, after expenses are recouped, like, super simple. And they're like, they went in with it. So that was 2016, I believe. Yeah. And we're still, so I'm, I, I assume that at least one of the guys in the band will listen to this because you're on. So let me tell you, we're waiting for that follow-up still guys. It's coming. What's going on. We've been promised this for years now. It's every coming. time I see him, every time I see him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah, I, they're, I think they're putting the finishing touches on it right now. Um, Cause I know they've been, they've been leaking the song here and there and they've yeah. Real solid. So anyway, I look forward to it. Yeah, same here. So all right, let's play another. So you're not you're not gonna break the news that you're putting it out. Is somebody else putting it out, or do you not know, or you're not willing to divulge that information? Where are we at with this? Uh, I don't know if it's public knowledge. If but I, I'm not putting it out. There's a okay. different label that's putting it out. 
They managed to find someone bigger than Stonewalled Records. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good for that. All right, let's uh, let's play. So what was the next Eradicator song that we had planned to play? I'm a squash man, I believe. Yeah, that's the hit. Why not? <laughs> okay. Quotation marks hit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Greatest <laughs> hit. Like, so well, you've made a few, you made quite a few videos, and I think you, you've really and that was one of them, right? You made a, like a music yeah. video, for that, and I think those definitely because there's such a visual element to it. Anyway, so all right, so this is the Eradicator. I'm a squash man. I'm a squash man. And so that was from the first LP. Mm-hmm. So to make things confusing, originally you were pretty much just called Eradicator, and your first EP was called Eradicator. But then there was some issue with like some foreign metal band or something, right? Yeah, there's a German metal band called Eradicator, and um, you know, in this digital age, 
like the first EP that I put out that was on Spotify, it was like flagged under the German metal band. <laughs> so, uh, um, so this I is thought, very brutal. This is not yeah. very brutal at all. Yeah, exactly. Is that your so German like, accent? <laughs> no. I know it's not, it's not as good as my Italian accent. It was amazing. You know, <laughs> so like I, I figured well in order to differentiate plus it's a solo character if i put the in front of the name it sticks out it you know it sticks out a little bit more so um well it's, it's, i'll tell you what if you have any more problems you can make it the eradicator you go t-h-e-e the, the, yeah that's the, right yeah that, that's probably the name of the next the full length isn't it no, no, no. It was the Eradicator, then Peak Eradicator, and then it's going to be the Eradicator, like the Ohio State University. <laughs> so, so on the Grand Rapids connection a little more, just because, just because I got you here for a minute. So, um, you actually have uh, you actually played a release show in Grand Rapids for the last for Peak Eradicator. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. But I, you know, there's a point where it was like, and I know you know all these people more or less, so I'm gonna say say names. But it was me and my buddy Scott, who you know, the other big ball guy, mm-hmm. who's always with me, and Jeff Baird, who's like the local mayor of Punk, and Lawrence Cole, who I know has played, who has been one of the Eradicators guys, yeah. and he actually has been on the show too, talking he, about lippy stuff. Yeah, he uh, and, he played that show. And the four Trinity. of us were standing there, and it's like literally the four guys in their forties in this scene are all standing together, like at the back of the pyramid scheme. Of course you are. Where else would Watching you be? The show going, it was such a strange show because it was a very, very young crowd. Yeah. All the support bands were very, very young. Neil, I think I told you about the show. There yeah, was a did. conga line. Yeah. 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 That got me very upset. Sure. <laughs> it got me pretty <laughs> upset too. I, I don't know what to think about it, but it was, it was good to see like a youthful injection into the, the scene, but I, but I definitely felt like an outsider. Like I said, us 40 year olds were all sort of standing there going, What's going on here, man? What's what's <laughs> is this left us behind or what? So so the other the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is just a, a personal question. You you have a you had another band or have another band called Bad Mechanics, mm-hmm. which is sort of like a I don't know, kind of new wavy, kind of a maybe a little bit devo, a little bit I don't even know how to explain it, but I love this band. Cool. I, I love the Bad Mechanics band. I, I just I think the one record you guys put out, which is called. Uh, Remind me what the name of the record is. It gives you so, precious right. moments in the USA. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, I love that record so much. So, what is the status of Bad Mechanics? Um, I so it's me and Ryan. Um, yep. Ryan was the singer of Hugh Corrupts, and you know I did the label with him a long time I ago. Did, I did not know that he was the singer of Hugh Corrupts. So you guys came to Grand Rapids, and it's that same day when Ryan was there, and I was talking about you. We were all kind of sitting around this big table in the bar. Yeah, and I had a great conversation with Ryan. He's a real serious guy, though. Consider, oh, yeah. Considering that, like, the record is is such a is such a uh, it's so sarcastic. Yeah, it's, it's like a record that baits you, you know. And I, it was one of my favorite records that year, whatever year it came out. Awesome. Um, are you guys still? I mean, is, is is there potential for more bad mechanics material, or is that kind of sleeping right now? Or what's the status? I mean, it's dormant, but. Um... You know, like Ryan's still a great friend and um, he's he's a um, um, he's a occupational therapist. So he's working in a hospital right now and he's got two kids. So with obviously with everything COVID going on, plus like family, it's just he doesn't have a lot of time. Right. And like I have time devoted to doing the bar, doing 
you know, yeah. the eradicator. So it's just timing isn't working out, but I saw him like a month or two ago, we went running. Um, so like, I still see him it's, and we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll do some more stuff. Um, it's an inspiration. Yeah, r- right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it. So it's not like on maybe on hiatus a little bit, but not like, we're not broken up. Anyway, Neil, you I think you'd appreciate it. Well, I'll tell game. you what, looking at that record uh, right now, it's an amazingly disturbing cover. It really is. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I don't even know I don't even know I, what I to actually, make of actually, it. Actually, I would love to I would love to jam a, I forgot all about Tom. There we go. Let's let's call a lateral and jam a bad mechanic song in there, Neil. Oh, okay. You're right. Everybody all right with that? Okay. I'm yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Uh what's what's let's what's song? Social obligations. All right. I love this song so much. It makes me laugh. Every, it makes me giggle every time I hear it because it's <laughs> it's like the ultimate adulthood song. Yeah. Is it social obligations or no social obligations? What's, what's, what's it called, Andy? It's a social obligation. Social obligation. So let's stick let's stick that in there. Okay. Social obligations by bad mechanics. Is this is, is this like bad mechanics? Like doesn't do a good job fixing your car, or like doesn't have good form when they pitch? A little of both. <laughs> All right. This is Bad Mechanics, Social Obligation from their um, Precious Moments in the USA album. In 2017. Yes. No! Social Obligations! Mechanic social obligation, obligation. Definitely another one of those albums where I bought like the, and Andy's given me records. I'm not complaining at all. Andy's been very generous <laughs> with me over the years, but I like bought the CD version, and I'm like, oh, I gotta have the vinyl too. And I think he gave me the seven inch single, so I have like, 
if this thing goes platinum, I'm literally responsible for like four different copies. So. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So, so speaking of the bar, so, so obviously, man, we're all worried about our favorite venue shutting down. I love the X-Ray Arcade. You own a sliver of the X-Ray Arcade in Cudahy, which is basically like right on the edge of Milwaukee. Yeah. How are you guys faring through all this garbage that's going on at the moment? Um, I mean, not great. Um, no venues doing great right now. Sure. We, um, so we actually purchased the building. Um, okay. it was, it's, there's 10 people involved in it. Right. So there's, okay. I was, I remember telling, I remember you saying, I thought that you owned a ninth of it or something crazy like that, but yeah, it's like, there's like, 10 but that does make total. it easier, but that does make it easier to ride this out. I would think it, yeah, it does. It, it definitely does. Um, you know, I feel for a lot of venues that are in the spot where they're paying a landlord, especially if the landlord isn't, um, cool with lowering their rent during this time um you know we're we're fortunate so because we do own the building um and we pay rent to ourselves essentially right so um you know it's still challenging though because we had um we had a sold out show on march 11th um the next day uh, i think one of the bands had to drop or one of the bands dropped because everything was starting to break down. And by it was that amazing, Saturday, wasn't it? It was like it was like dominoes. It was like oh, it was it was it in was three days. One thing after another. From, yeah, yeah, went from sold out show to last show that we'll do for a while. Um, so that was, and you know, we've been trying to do some low key things during the you pandemic. Guys, you, have a, you have a nice outdoor space. Yeah. So that's fortunately we do. So we're able to have the people on the patio we've got nine picnic tables they're spread out across the lawn making sure everything's distant um so we've we've been doing dj events um super low-key i think the most we had at one is like 20 people uh so like we're trying to do it right while we can but obviously we operate in the midwest and it's getting cold so we're not going to be able to do that much longer yeah yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 not cool right now. Um, you know, we're a part of the National Independent Venue Association, which is called yep. NEVA, and um, you know, NEVA when they say that it's estimated that 90% of venues will close if there's no federal help in the next 6 months or so, they're not wrong. I mean, that's crazy. Th- the overhead that goes into doing a venue, which includes the rent they pay, the employees they pay, the insurance they pay, the licensing fees they pay to ASCAP and BMI, um, you know, uh, everything that goes into running a venue, those costs maybe go down a little bit during the pandemic, but not really, right? Like, they don't really go down that much, especially your rent. So. For a venue to operate with no revenue in a in a low margin industry as it is, and ask them to be closed for well, where are you well, going? Seven, now, months, seven now? months now, yeah, and with no end in sight. Um, you know, I don't blame venues for closing their doors, and it's heartbreaking to see because even 
even as you relate it to like Fest this year in Gainesville, Florida, there's already been, I think, two venues that have shut down permanently um, who aren't going to be around for the coming years. And we don't know how many other venues are going to be in the same spot. Which, so, which venues have shut down? Um, one I know of is uh, Dirty Nellie's. Okay. Yep. Oh, that's one of the major ones, isn't it? It's like the one of the smaller ones. I think they have like a hundred capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so I don't know if if anyone's listening to this right now and you haven't done it already, just go to the uh, NIVA website and they have a button um, that where you could click to take action. It takes thirty seconds, but you you essentially write to your congressman. I mean, I I've, I've done it. I hope you all take it. You know, I'm not a big fan of government intervention, but but the fact of the matter is you know, government intervention is what's kind of made these venues lose their money. And I, I, I signed it even being, yeah. the great, you know, mostly libertarian that I am. So take a minute, well, sign it. And I, I talked to, um, one of the venue, one of the kind of bigger metal promoters here in Chicago. Okay. And, um, he's a part of a lot of the Neva calls and they're hearing from like Chuck Schumer, for example, Chuck Schumer is now on board with, giving funding to venues because of the outpouring of the outpouring of calls that he's, his office cool. has received. So like, you know, he's in, he's in New York, right. Which has been, yeah, it's been one of the worst. Plus they there's their individual state mandates have been even worse than most of the other States they are really making it difficult, but yeah, that that's good to hear, man. I, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's government intervention things. is not my first choice, but I mean, what other yeah. choice do we have at this point? Right. I mean, like for 90 percent of venues in the U.S. to be shut down, um, like I was I was talking to Ryan Bullis. He, you know, moved to Australia before this all went down. And in the state of Victoria, where Melbourne is, like every venue is getting bailed out by their government um, and it's tremendously helping them out. Right. When they get out of this, they're going to have a thriving music scene Mm. here in the U.S., we are not if there's no help like mm. you will see the majority of music venues shut down and just think about the impacts that is going to have on the small touring circuit like venues that hold 300 people max they're not going to be around much longer yeah. uh, unless people kind of you know speak up and start reaching out to our elected officials i mean if you think like well my word isn't going to get through to these people. I mean, so be it like, but if they hear a lot of noise from their constituents, there's a greater chance that they're going to help out. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say everybody's favorite venue. I mean, everybody's on some kind of social media, right? Your favorite venue has been sharing this thing. Like I said, Mm -hmm. it takes two minutes, click through it, sign your name to it. I definitely, uh, I definitely yeah. agree. And I, uh, you know, I mean, like the thought of like losing a Reggie's or losing a pyramid scheme or something, man, it bums me out. I mean, it's been a bummer of a year, but I'm still hoping we can kind of roar back next year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, but like we're in the spot, right. Where we're not doing great. We're, we could be doing worse. Um, so, well, yeah, like I said, I assume that having a bunch of owners actually sort of helps. If you have one does. guy who's eating it all, I mean, I'm sure oh. your wife, I'm sure your wife looks at you every month and go, oh, so we're still, uh, you know. 
Oh yeah, she yeah, looks eating that e- like... eating that X-ray arcade money, huh? But X-ray <laughs> or go, you know. Also, they have a website. They have T-shirts and stuff. And I've been I've been doing a lot of that, you know. Like I said, buying T-shirts and listen. I know it's a small a small thing to do, but you know, go up, go buy some merch. X-ray arcade has shorts. They have all kinds of cool stuff. Every uh, little bit helps. Yeah, exactly. Buy some buy some stuff from here. You know, do what you can do to keep your favorite place open. I'm actually yeah. I'm actually signing that right now. So if you there just you go. yeah, so if you just Google Neva N I V A, then it'll take you right to this page, and yep. there's one green it, button, and you sign up, and uh, just start putting your name and stuff in, and uh, it's all good. I am like I said, you know, you, you, Neil knows I'm not I'm not really a government intervention type of guy, but the fact of the matter is, in this case, it's the lesser of two evils. So let's do this. Oh, yeah. let's keep, let's keep these places open. Yeah. So. Where do we go from where do we go from there? Well I'll tell you what, it's the first good thing we've ever done on this show, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I played that mentors track. That's 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 true. That's true. Neil played that feeders track about gay Jesus. Um let's uh <laughs> let's play I really wanna I really wanna save an eradicator track for the end. Oh so sure. I was actually so it's actually gonna kind of transition into the uh the the, the the even more ridiculous than the Eradicator, the grandfather of Squash character. Oh, yeah. But I absolutely have to pee. So, Andy, why don't you tell us about the grandfather Squash? God sakes, man. And I'll be back in just a second. All right. So explain it to Neil. Neil, keep the action going. You got okay, it, yes. Grandfather of Squash. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing I know what this is about. Well, actually, you know what? Let me ask you a question while Tom's peeing. So sure. have, have you ever played Squash? Um, no. <laughs> See that's that's hysterical because coming from England, it was actually one of my favorite sports growing up. Yeah, I absolutely love squash. I I I have a goal to um, get into it because I am the biggest hypocrite for doing a band so committed to the sport and me never actually playing it. <laughs> so it's it's on my list. I'm. I'm committed to doing it. Yeah, it's actually an, it's amazing game. It's uh, for anyone that doesn't know, it's kind of like racquetball, but a lot more challenging because the ball doesn't yeah. really bounce to you. The ball kind of dies, and it's played with a long racket with a small head. And uh, yeah, it's it'll knock your ass out the first few times you play. <laughs> it yep. is exhausting. So, but yeah, I used I've to play to it all the time. Awesome. Yeah. I've had to do a lot of research on squash. Um, I I I now understand that. You know, the ball is very like it doesn't move much. No. So you what you call a hot ball is when you like throw the ball against the wall a bunch of times to get it warmed to up. Get warmed up, and yeah. It, yeah, and it bounces better. Well, you can which... actually buy three different kinds of balls. It's a white dot, a blue dot, and a red dot, I believe. And each one is yeah. slightly more lively than the, than the next. But even the fastest one is still very dead when compared to a racquetball or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good game. Are you guys already done talking about the grandfather squash? No, we didn't even no, talk, no, we didn't no, even talk about that. We were actually talking about the we sports were just itself. Talking about, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry. So now, tell us about the grandfather of squash. <laughs> yeah. So that could be me. The, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the the grandfather of squash is a song on the first Eradicator LP, and the song is about how the the eradicator's grandfather invented the sport of squash. Um, so I had some weird idea where I wanted to do an offshoot of the eradicator. And, um, it came at a time when I was doing a couple of shows with, uh, dollar signs, which is a band from they're on AF records. They're from they played your release show too, didn't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 I saw them. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. Yeah, so I've known them. I actually, the Eradicator played, the first time Eradicator played uh, at Fest, Dollar Signs and Bong Mountain were at the venue that we played. So, um, and I've I've known, um, yeah, I've just kind of like, they're like friends, they've been friends of friends, you know, around that time. So I met them officially there. And then we just kept in touch and um, set up some shows with, with dollar signs after they kind of hosted the eradicator, uh, in Charlotte. Um, so there were a couple of Midwest shows that we were doing and, um, the, I think it was like a week after the Chicago date, the eradicator had a show with 88 fingers Louie at Reggie's. Mm. So we couldn't play in the same city, you know, two weekends in a row. So I still wanted to play the show and I was just thinking, like, all right, what can if I want to be involved still, what can I do? I'm like, oh, I know. I'll start a band called the Grandfather of Squash, where I dress up as the grandfather of the Eradicator, and all of the songs will be about how proud I am of my grandson, which is the Eradicator. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's pretty tenuous, but sure. We'll get yeah. yeah, it's a it's meta. That's what you call meta, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just the grandfather squash is um, me dressed up or it's it's the eradicator dressing up like his grandfather and singing songs about how proud he is of his grandson, the eradicator. And since it's an since, um, you know, it's kind of meant to be an older character, I thought a less abrasive approach would be appropriate. So. It's all acoustic songs oh. uh, set to like a drum machine. So it's, I mean, once again, we're talking about a four minute comedy sketch <laughs> <laughs> that has sort of taken on a life of its own. Well, the other, the other thing before we, so we'll play the, we're going to play a grandfather's squash song here. Uh, but before, so, so the funny thing is in the eradicator sketch, right? In the four and a half minute sketch, whatever it is. And everybody should Google this. Everybody's listening to check it out. It's funny. It's just a short sketch, right? He always loses. But I feel your eradicator is actually winning. Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. Andy? Yeah, that's the, that's the, um, the twist. The narrative. Yeah, the twist in the narrative where like, I did this band because the eradicator finally got atop the D squash ladder and he's he's never coming down. So. There you go. Never yeah. coming down. Well, it certainly lasted many years longer than I thought it would. I've made that every time I reviewed one of your albums or something like this is pretty funny, but you know, it's got a limited shelf life. And then you <laughs> come up with 15 more songs. Yep. So, so we're going to play a grandfather squash song and this is, so is this out now, Andy, or is it, what, what's the status of this record? Is it released or almost released or. Yeah. There's a uh, Chicago based pressing plant that um, they had, uh, they, they don't do it often, but every now and then they have like a hundred LP deal. So I saw mm. them. Hmm. We're in quarantine. This would be a fun project. I'm just going to write an album. Like I already had half the album done before the, before COVID hit. So I figured like, all right, I'll finish the album. I'll go record it. Um, and then I'll put it on like a hundred, like I'll do a low run of LPs. Um, so the it's out now digitally, but the actual records are going to come in, I think, this month. Um, but the pre-order is up now um, on the Eradicator Bandcamp site. And a certain amount of it is going to a charity. Yeah. And yeah. that charity is called Met Metro Squash or something? Metro tell Squash. Us, tell us about that. Yeah, so Metro Squash is a Chicago-based not-for-profit 
who kind of, you know, like has programs where they educate kids on how to play squash. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're based on the South side of Chicago. And I found out about them just through like Googling squash courts in Chicago for video shoots. And, uh, I found out, I found them. It's like, huh, that's interesting. And I always had them <laughs> in the back of my mind. So I thought it'd be great to, um, you know, include them from a charity aspect for this release. So we're okay. So this is at Stonewalled on Bandcamp, or where do we where do we get this? If somebody's looking for this, yeah. So it's um it, it's at both. Um, so it's Stonewalled.bandcamp Stonewalled or if you go to Eradicator.bandcamp.com, it's also on there. And you can get whatever their other albums are currently in print. I know you've done some for different labels and and things but yeah you can i mean at this point i think you know you could if you just buy eradicator records you're gonna have the seed of a pretty significant record collection (laughs) (laughs) but so this is this is the grandfather squash this is the quarantine project um this is called so so proud You heard it here first, everybody. I don't know if you heard it here first, but it's... Uh, you probably did, actually. It's not out yet. No, it's... No? Well, it's on Spotify now. And, like, oh, it is? Oh, okay. Digital stuff, yeah. Oh, Spotify. That's for jokers. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Grandfather um, of Squash with So So Proud. 
so your other new project, Andy, you are also dipping your toes into the world of podcasting, which I can tell because your sound is crystal clear, man. If yeah. our, all our guests sounded as good as you did, <laughs> seriously, people would think people would think we're professionals. Seriously, dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, what? I, what do you? What is your? You're, you're doing like sort of like a professional podcast, or, or like a professionally oriented podcast? Yeah. Um. So you know, with with doing X-ray arcade, and you know, along the way doing the band and then playing venues and because i also do a venue it's kind of like common ground that i'll find with a lot of owners um either doing a venue or other businesses and especially during covid um you know i've been checking in more and more with owners just to see like all right what are you doing you know to get by like how are things going in general um and i just thought like you know these to me these are interesting conversations and since I'm not doing a band right now, what if I gave it a shot where I just recorded some of these conversations and kind of had the same format for each episode where we start off talking about how, you know, what they were doing before their business, how they started their business, nuances with their particular business and, um, you know, how they're doing during COVID right now. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I wanted to do something that isn't only musical, like it spans across multiple industries as well as sure. multiple locations. Um, so like, for example, I think it'd be interesting to interview a bar owner in the U.S. to see how they're doing right now and a bar owner in Melbourne to see how they're doing right now. Hmm. And it's like same, same like storyline. Compare and contrast how the governments are dealing with it and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert, they're doing a lot better with it in Australia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is so what what is the what is the name of the podcast? Andy? It's called uh, the SBO show. Um, S, like the letter S, the letter P and the letter O. Uh, S, so small business owner. So oh, SBO. SBO, yeah. small yeah. business owner. OK. And you on yeah. all your normal platforms like we are, like Spotify yeah. and OK. Apple yep. and all that. iTunes and all that. Oh, cool. Well, it's funny yeah. to, because we, we'd actually thought about it might be interesting to have like you know maybe someone from the metro or from reggie's or something on and you know just talk to them about how they're how they're doing so we kind oh, of yeah. had a similar idea you know well as i joked in the intro part of the you know i, I you, you're kind of a renaissance man you got your hands on a lot of different things like we could talk for an hour about the eradicator but the fact of the matter is the fact that you, you you're into all this different and it, it, we haven't really talked to a venue owner yet yeah, and uh, it is like I said, scary. If we lose a Reg or Reggie's or a Pyramid Scheme or an X-ray RK, I'm gonna be super bummed. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, that that's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, are you even daring to book shows yet, or is that? Um, well, we've I think our first show. I don't think it's it might be announced. I, I'm not. I won't spill the beans on it, but we I have mean, our, our, when our. It was the the basic first... time frame. Uh, May 2021. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Because, right, like, it, when things open up, it's not going to be like, all right, everyone go. Like, fans have to book their yeah. time. And everybody's right? going to want to book the tours because so many got canceled from last year, right? Yeah. 2021, so, potentially, going to be the best concert year ever. Unless there's anywhere to play, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think, um, so one of the people that I interviewed for the SBO show is my friend Shane, who has been doing shows around Chicago for like 20 years now. And he's, he's like one of the main metal guys in Chicago, um, okay. main metal promoters. And, and he also works at Reggie's. Um, but what he said, I think 
makes total sense, and I think it's the way it's going to go. So it's going to get split down the middle. On one side, you're going to have people that don't want to go outside, right? Yep. They they don't dare to go. Not, yep, That's don't go. Yep. On the other side, you're going to have people who might be going, might have been going to a show a week. They're going to go to like two shows a week. They're gonna they're <laughs> going to go above and beyond to make sure that they're getting out and like they're never going to want to stay at home. Again. I think I'm I think I'm in that group. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah. Yeah, even though, we're, even though we're codgers, I think we're in that group. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I think it's going to be like that for, and I Shane thought this, and I kind of agree with him. I think it's going to be like that for at least a year or two, and then it's going to die down and go back to um, akin to what it might have been in like 2018, 2019. I hope so. My fear is, you know, and I've, I've you know, I'm 47 years old. My fear is, I've been doing this, I've been going to 30 plus shows a year, even in my mid 40s, you know. Mm-hmm. My fear is at this age for things to change, I'll never go back. But but I, I also think that if GBH is playing in Detroit on a Tuesday night and I got to take a day off work next year, I'm doing it. Yeah. Because I appreciate the fact and I'm going to be willing to travel more. And I've always, you know, I have no issues with traveling for shows. Well, you're well, you doing it in a couple of weeks, right? You come in We're Chicago. doing it in a couple of weeks. So, so, so Neil and I are probably, I mean, 90% going to go see the Peg Boy 30th oh, the drive-in show at the drive-in show. What are, what are your thoughts on this, Andy? Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't. It's it's weird, right? Weird to me. I don't know. Because I think the, the Bull Weevils are playing, and yeah. like it'd be Jake Burns, Burns. Jake Burns is playing. I mean, it's yeah. gonna be a great. It's 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 a great lineup, no question. But here's the thing. So here's my reasoning, right? So you and I have all gone to those big shows outside. Mm-hmm. At least on occasion, maybe you go see Rush or you go see Motley Crue or whatever. You go see some big like outdoor show. So it's going to be sort of like that, right? But I guess the difference is you're seeing a band that you normally would see in like a two a sweaty two or three hundred person club. So we're wrestling with it too, and it's going to end up being like fifty bucks a piece. Yeah, I mean, it's not cheap. But by the same token, it's almost like this is 2020. Are we going to participate or not? It's like, this is our, <laughs> what maybe the one know, chance I'd love to write. I'd love to write reviews, right. Of, of live shows. I mean, I've, I've literally written, written like hundreds of live show reviews. I've, I've haven't written one this year. Yeah. And part of me wants to sort of like document this year. So anyway, oh, we're, we're, sure. we're, th- we're thinking about going. So we might have an extra I would, spot. I mean, we might have, we, listen, we might have an extra spot in the car, put your oh, ski mask on. <laughs> come down and meet up, meet up with us in Bridgeview or whatever the horrible little suburb is that this thing is going on in. But so you're so, but you sound like you're not really interested in that. I mean, the, I mean, the idea the of drive-in it. experience just seems weird. I don't know. Like, it doesn't excite me. Right. <laughs> like it's unless yeah. you have like a, I, I like you're like a teenage boy and you have like a nubile young teenage girl going to the drive-in movie with you. What the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> you went too much gin, right. I think. <laughs> trust me, trust me, Neil. You're not a, ne- a nubile young girl that I'm going to see the movies with. <laughs> yeah, please. You're gonna be in the car with me. Shit. Exactly. Four four uh, middle aged guys sitting in a car watching. I think we could put lawn chairs outside. Yeah, I think that's we can. Kind of, you can you can get outside the like car. The yeah, grace. yeah. I kind of like the same grace. But anyway, we're thinking about doing that. Just, just it'll probably be raining, be pissing down. Exactly. <laughs> be great. <laughs> oh, what else do I want to ask you about, Andy? What? What? Well, I, well I I've got remember. a couple of things to ask him. So, oh, I'm be, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Being from Chicago, what's your favorite record store in the city? Uh, Bucket of Blood. Bucket of Blood. Yeah. Good oh, answer. I haven't yeah. been there yet. Killing me. Yeah, it's we're great. going there. In weeks. We're yeah, going. I'm gonna I'm gonna take him down there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you should. It's great. What about, what about favorite venue in Chicago, Andy? 
Um, I would say Reggie's. I mean, I I've Reggie's. yeah, I, I, so. I 100% agree. Even though I like, there's other places that are great too, but Reggie's is man, love yeah. going to Chinatown. I like Beat Kitchen I mean, better. I'm sorry, I think I, Beat Kitchen, Beat Kitchen's got a beat, but I have not good. been there. Not been to the Beat Kitchen. For me, with Reggie's, like I've, I've, I know people that work there. Um, like the guy that without Reggie's, like I. I don't know if there's certain shows that I would have gotten on in Chicago. And, you know, it's kind of like if I didn't get on those shows in Chicago, who knows what else would have happened with this band. So like, I owe a lot to, um, to Reggie's. Mm-hmm. It's a great venue. Yeah. Best hamburger in Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how come you bought a bar or put money into a bar up in Wisconsin rather than buying, you know, investing in one in Chicago? Because Chicago is very, very, very expensive okay. <laughs> with a lot of rules, and yeah. it's not as expensive in um, in Cudahy. It's, it, what, it's what he's saying is in Cudahy, there are a bunch of yahoos, and you can do whatever you want and drink behind the bar. You don't have to pay people under the table like you do in Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, I, I would not like it. And also, the people that are involved in X-Ray Arcade, like, we're not we're not rich. Like we would not have been able to do what we're doing in Chicago by any means. Yeah. Um, so like go having this pop up, you know, cause the, the last show at what was formerly the metal grill and now is now x-ray arcade, um, you know, was booked by Nick from direct hit and it was a sold out show. And then the next week they went under, so we were just kind of eyeing it and it was, it's a foreclosed property. So we were able to get in and mm. like renovate it to what you see today. So it's, there's a lot of work it's, that went it's into It's a that great club. You know, you, you will love it. We will definitely go up there next summer. It's by the Milwaukee airport. You can stay up there pretty cheap. It's good. Yeah. Like I said, we, Scott and I have gone up there for a couple of weekends. We've had a great, always had a great time. Nick, yeah. Nick's walking around, you know what I mean? He's very accessible. Um, but no, it's, it's a great venue. They got, I, last time I went, I reviewed the second or third Dummerfest, but they like I know at least one of the bands I totally missed because I was they had free play on all the games, <laughs> and I was totally oh, yeah. playing pl- totally playing Bad Boy Pistons uh, NBA Jam <laughs> NBA Jam yeah awesome and I suck so bad too I mean I literally <laughs> lost to all comers like you want to play I'm, you can beat me but <laughs> no it was all good. Yeah, I would have so, gone. I would have gone to that, but I think it was the same day as Motoblot, yeah, I believe, in the city. Yeah, so yeah, I went yeah. to Motoblot instead. Yep. Oh, but cool. anyway, yeah, we, we you'll definitely come there because I know there's a couple of shows. Like I, I think real early in the year, like uh, didn't they do the rescheduled Addicts show up there? I know we were talking about going up for Addicts, but I ended up having to work that weekend. So yeah, that was I think like the last. I think it was January thirty first. Yeah, great time to be play. driving up to Wisconsin, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know who's not up for a road trip to Wisconsin in January? I'm going to drive around Lake Michigan. Well, they played <laughs> yeah. they, they played Chicago, right? But they played House of Blues, and I refused to go to the Blues. House of Blues. Yeah, so fuck that place. So much of a better venue. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, listen, we got one more Eradicator song. Cool. And then we will come back and we'll let Andy, you know, give us some words of wisdom, and then we'll, you know, <laughs> go back to Sorry. our respe- go back to our respective respective families okay. Okay. yeah so what's our what's our what's our last song i can't even remember uh let's see so the reason why i picked this one um, what is it andy what's the song a couple of reasons it's called future olympian okay um so this is, this is from the peak eradicator album yeah so first part of it 
a big influence of me even thinking I could do a solo band that's high volume by myself is growing up in Chicago, going to shows at the Fireside Bowl. Mm -hmm. One of the craziest shows I ever went to was seeing Adam and his package um, Mm. at at the Fireside. And like, I was a big Adam and his package fan and uh, he was a huge influence on this band. And the uh, first time I played Fest, Adam and his package also played Fest. And, uh, or no, I'm sorry, it was the second time. Um, But, you know, I I was selling records um, in the Fest marketplace and I saw Adam walk by and I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to give him a copy of this record. I'm like, hey, Adam, you know, my name's Andy, big fan. This is my band. It's called The Eradicator. And I just wanted you to have this. It's based on a Kids in the Hall sketch. He's like, oh, this is crazy. Awesome. Thank you. And then he emailed me that weekend and said, your band's incredible. Like keep doing it. And I just kept in touch with them. And for this song, future Olympian, I asked him if he could do backup vocals on it and Mm. he did. So he recorded backup vocals on, (laughs) he lives in Philadelphia. He recorded backup vocals on his laptop and then emailed them to me. And that's the backup vocals you'll hear in the song. Mm. Um, another reason why I chose future Olympian is because the song is about, how the eradicator is so good that he's going to bring the sport of squash to the Olympics <laughs> in 2020. And, um, Stupid I, I COVID. Was, he could have done was, it if it wasn't for COVID. And I was joking that like, there's a line that says, uh, 2022 gold medal around my neck. And I thought that rhymed better than 2020. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make it 2022. And then the joke is that uh, the Eradicator is so good that he's bringing squash to the Winter Olympics, but not knowing that we might actually see the Summer Olympics in 2022. So if it's a weird forecast that or a weird prediction that I did that the Summer Olympics would be in 2022, Mm. I'm sorry I made that prediction in 2019. He's a witch. Burn him. So that's why I thought this would be a funny one. So this is from so this is from Peaker here. What was that? 2018? Uh 2019. 2019. So this is Future Olympian. future olympian so i so the, the you know it's funny you, you mentioned adam in the package yeah who, once again should i know we, them i i don't even know well, that he's just a guy who has this weird like box that uh, he's, he's a solo artist that all his music is candy essentially 
right? I mean, am I, I'm right about that, right, Andy? Or am I? Yeah, he uh, he like create he create he doesn't play anymore, but he created his own music on like oh, a sequencer, and he would go on tour with just him and his sequencer. Um, him and his package. And he yeah, and he yeah exactly. Um, but I mean, for what he did and what he was able to accomplish doing that is incredible. Like he mm-hmm. was on Hopeless Records when Hopeless Records was a huge label. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people, a lot of bands that he's inspired to to start their own thing. Hmm. I'm not actually not super familiar. I know the name and I know a lot of people that do like him, but I've never really listened to him. But yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen the Eradicator live, and you should when you know live music comes back, I've seen you t- one of two different ways. A, sober and drunk. Play, you, I mean, no, so... no, 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 I've never seen him sober. <laughs> Take that back, Neil. I, uh, no, but I've seen him play to his with play guitar with his laptop, mm-hmm. much like Adam in the Package. Mm-hmm. So those are your solo eradicator shows, and then sometimes you'll have a full band, and you won't play guitar. You'll more or less just sort of sing while you're swinging your racket around. Yeah. Which so so yeah, it's it's sort of so it's you know and they're both. You know, they're both entertaining in their own way, but it is fun to get to see with a full band. The uh, the last time we played in Grand Rapids, I actually... So my son, who is a junior now in high school, and he's just wrapping up his varsity tennis season. And one of the running jokes of the Eradicator, of course, is that he hates tennis. Yeah. And the, when you did your album release show, it took everything I had not to dress my son up in like his full <laughs> tennis outfit because he looks like a young Raphael on the doll. He's got long hair and stuff. You know, he wears a headband and like start heckling you from the stage <laughs> or start heckling you on the stage. And like, so maybe next time you come to GR, we'll have to work that out. And I'm going to have my 16 year old son come and, well, he'll probably be 17 by the time you come back and heckle you from the floor while you're on the stage and then come up and maybe you guys can have some kind of an epic, like, uh, Tennis racket to squash racket, like a Star Wars type duel or something. I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see if we can figure it out. It'll, it'll be good. Just but like yeah. an arm wrestling match, but with rackets. Well, are, <laughs> yeah, are, exactly. are you are you um are you into pro wrestling at all? Because that's kind of what it, the whole thing. Oh, like yeah, the one time totally I saw you, it had a very pro yeah. wrestling vibe to me. Yeah, for sure. Oh, um, okay. I'm I, admittedly not like a super big wrestling fan, but there's definitely an element to you know, the stage show that is, yeah. that is the theatrics of wrestling. Yeah. It's like wrestling. It's like wrestling, Neil, without the homoeroticism. <laughs> well, no man, with those little tiny shorts, maybe so, mate. I don't yeah, know. that's true. The yeah. pink polo, right? Yeah, the pink polo. Yeah. All right. So Andy, listen, this man, it, it would give you a chance to, is, if there's anything else you, you would love to say, we would definitely like to, like to uh, give you a chance to, you know, impart some, impart some words of wisdom. Or if there's anything you want to plug, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Um, so like I said, you know, go to the NIVA website, click take action. Um, yep. Also with the, so with the bar that I help run, X-Ray Arcade, you can find us at xrayarcade.com. We've got merchandise on there. Um, so feel free to help us out if you can. And then uh, the podcast that I do, which I think I'm on episode eight now. Um, I've had interviews with people in the music industry general music industry um including program which is a skate shop slash venue in um the in fullerton california um i'm just about next week to publish a interview with a bar owner from australia so interested in 
hearing stories of Story other businesses from and the how convicts. Doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Neil, people don't like that joke. You got to stop on the convict. Island oh, joke. they love I've it. Some yeah. about that. They, they can't help it. <laughs> they're, they're more civilized than us right now. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so the podcast is called the SBO show. Uh, so it's on, on anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's available there now. Hey, and I tell cool. you what, I'm checking out X-Ray Arcade online right now. And you guys have got the right idea because the merchandise is really cool looking. I mean, these look like oh, yeah. these look like band shirts, but I mean, anybody would want to would want to buy these. Now, when I look like at those bone shorts, that kind of like the rip off of the old yeah, bones, like e- skate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, and it, and I don't want to slag on these guys, but like the Metro stuff, you, or, you like, or like to, some of the gonna. some of the stuff in Chicago, some of the bars in Chicago, the T-shirts and stuff are just incredibly lame. And it's like basically, I'm just giving you twenty bucks because I would never wear this goddamn shirt. But your stuff yeah. is really cool looking, so well done yeah, on that. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, so Eric, the guy that does all of our merch, and he's one of the owners at X-ray Arcade. He has done all of the album covers for the Eradicator. Okay. Um, oh, okay cool. He did. Uh, he also did Dome Splitter from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Or he did dome splitter and uh one of the other direct hit records he's so he's he's fantastic art you know artist um graphic designer so if you're listening to this and you work at the metro you should reach out to eric at wall of youth and have him do your merch yeah for sure because i mean they even had a vans um shoe you know a metro van yeah. shoe which when i heard about it i thought oh, that might be cool i'll buy that and then when i saw it it was like holy crap i do not want to own those <laughs> it was yeah so it's kind of a shame because it, it was the opportunity to do something really good like this but uh yeah but definitely add metro to the list of venues that i would be super bummed if it closed metro yeah yeah such a great venue yep yeah all right anyway annie thanks so much for coming to talk to us man yeah, uh, we appreciate it, Thanks and, for and, we, and me. we enjoyed it. And you know, I, I don't know that it makes up for you know having a PBR at some dive bar on like a random weekend. <laughs> well, but, you know, well, well, hold on a second. We can hold get on. back to that next year. Well, yeah, well, dude, hold on, hold that thought. You're going to be in town in like two weeks. That's true. So we're maybe crash, we could maybe we could hook something up. Yeah, maybe. like I said, we have, might have up. an extra spot in the car for the Pegboy show. Well, even if we don't want to do that, we could just hang out and have a beer. We are going to go record shopping. Maybe we go to Bucket of Blood. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll go to D-Man Tap first or something. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Because I'm bringing my buddy Scott, who uh, loves to drink beer and go to shows, but is not much of a record collector. So he'll probably do more bar drinking than record collecting. (laughs) Well, Bucket of Blood's a bookstore as well. Yeah. I'm I'm easy. I can do either or both. Neither. So, but anyway, yeah, man, thanks. Hey, like I said, thanks for coming on. It was a, pl- a pleasure talking to you. And, uh, you know, good luck with all your many, many projects. And uh, like I said, I look forward to, you know, having a PBR in the flesh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. You bet, man. Appreciate it. Neil, do your sign off. Okay, Don't man, everybody, stay free. Keep a little mark in your heart. Okay. All right. We'll talk Bye. to you later.